This episode is for informational purposes only and is not to be taken as legal or professional advice. Welcome to Healthcare Inspired, the podcast that bridges the gap between clinical expertise and business innovation, all with a single purpose, improving patient care. Get ready to be inspired as we bring you thought-provoking discussions, captivating stories, and groundbreaking insights from leading experts in healthcare. Join your host, Jennifer McNamara, on a journey of discovery as she connects the dots, revealing the synergy between clinical and business teams. Each episode, we'll delve into the latest healthcare trends, uncover innovative solutions, and share success stories that will motivate and ignite change. So get ready to embark on a path of inspiration, knowledge, and transformation. Here is your host, Jennifer McNamara. Hello and welcome to the Healthcare Inspired Podcast. My name is Jennifer McNamara and I am your host. We are so excited to be back here talking about what inspires us in healthcare. And I know a lot of you that follow us on LinkedIn have seen a previous live we had with Mr. Michael Sinnott, the Unstuck Coach. So today we have a very special episode. We're going to share that, uh, of course, interview with you and talk about leadership, talk about growth and development. Focus on healthcare, but of course, there are a lot of ways that we can advance our career and use the tips that we find today in any industry. So before we get started, though, I wanted to just check on my audience. How are you doing? How are you navigating your career journey I would love to hear from you. I'd love for you to share with me some of the challenges and roadblocks you experienced and how you overcame those. You can go on Spotify, send me a voice message. I would love to hear from you. And in today's episode, I'm going to share my personal journey. So back in the day when I was deciding what I wanted to do with my life, I was either going to go down the legal road or the healthcare road, just because that's what options I had in front of me. I looked to those in my family and those I respected and I wanted to see, you know, at 18, you know, you don't really know much about what you're going to do with your life. You're just trying to figure it out. You're at a high school. What's my next step, right? So I looked to those I respected. What have they been successful in doing? At the time, my aunt was in administration at a hospital in, in Whittier, California. And then, of course, my cousin uh, was also already in the coding world, medical coding, um, on the inpatient side. Um, she had worked herself up into from professional side to inpatient, and then she had done several things in between, really learning um, the practice, the medical practice, and then, of course, the hospital system. And so that was put in front of me. My mom also thought, well, you know, let me give you some options. My mom was a great inspiration to me. Shout out to Carrie Eichmann for being a great inspiration to me professionally and personally and in, in many ways. She took me to her lawyer's office and met with her because I, I – you know, growing up, I'm going to be truthful. I also took a lot of inspiration from the movies I watched and the TV shows I watched. And I thought it was fascinating what happens in the courtroom. And, and I watched medical shows as well. So my mom and I were just always watching shows together. And so we kind of just gravitated towards those kinds of shows. And so that's where my brain went. Like, I want to do this. I want to work in the healthcare world. I want to work in the hospital. I want to work in this trauma center, right? Or I want to work um, in the courtroom. I want to see the drama unfold in this courtroom. So I met with uh, a lawyer and she went through the list of different roles that I could potentially uh, take. And she walked me through the everyday life of what, what a lawyer does, what a legal assistant does, what a 
court reporter does. And so all the different things that that happen, right? And of course, sometimes when you're young, you're like, oh, the schooling, right? And sometimes that is what dictates whether or not you're going to go down a road. And so at the time, you know, I was thinking, okay, I like this and I like this, but right now I have a great opportunity to go into this world right now. Maybe later I will want to, you know, go, grow and, and go further, but right now I know what I can start with. And so talked to my cousin, I talked to my aunt, and we ultimately decided, or I'll say I ultimately decided that I wanted to go into the business side of healthcare. So I started taking some classes. The first thing I took was medical terminology and anatomy course that was offered at the community college. And then from there, I went into coding classes and learned how difficult it really is. I thought this would be the easier route, right? Than going through tons of school and many years and Either way, I want you to think about this. Whenever you go into any industry, any education path, it's not easy. You're not going to find a shortcut. Um, and a lot of people look for shortcuts. There's no shortcuts. You still have to put in the work, put in the time, and you're going to be successful if you have that mindset all the way through on your journey. And then I went to school. I got through that. I got my certification. And then I thought, okay, well, what am I going to do now? I got to look for a job. And that's not easy in any industry. Um, but again, shout out to my mother who was already working in the industry, of course, insurance industry on the private sector, um, commercial side for you know home auto, that side, right? So she had built her career into a, a great journey herself. And she shared with me, you know, her journey and she helped me with just basic things like writing a resume, right? preparing me for the interview, what I should say, how I should act, how I should dress, my persona I should put out there, right? And from a leader like herself, I learned a lot. And I also invested in having conversations with others who also were in leadership. And, and those over the years I have clung to, to see how they have done it, right? Done it well. And so when I think about my journey and I think about those of you listening, what your journey has been or what it could be, I just want to give you my advice and just what has encouraged me over the years. It's not a perfect journey and there is no perfect journey. The journey is yours and you make of it what you, what you make of it. There's going to be unexpected twists and turns. There are going to be things, mistakes you might perceive as mistakes and regrets, maybe a job you took. Because at the time you thought it was going to be, you know, bells and whistles and and all this beautiful stuff happening. And then at the time, yes, it was great to start out, but you realized it wasn't an organization that you wanted to be a part of and you couldn't put yourself there long term. Do you want to be a part of that organization? Do you believe in what they're trying to accomplish? And if you don't, then you're really just spending a lot of years putting time and effort into an organization you don't really believe in. And so you either are going to be that person who is fine just punching a clock, eight to five, or however long the day is for you, and you're done, you go home to your family, you're completely satisfied. Or you're that person that is just wanting to make a difference um, as much as you can, of course, in this world. And you're wanting to make uh, a path, not only for yourself, but for others to follow in the future. So again, you can follow that straight line and just, just stay right where you are, or you can follow those twists and turns and keep moving forward. And it's maybe going to be a, an unending road where you're not going to have a finish line. 
while you're in the working world. You're going to keep moving forward where life takes you and where the industry takes you. And you're going to keep moving up and, and forward. You're not going to go backwards. You're going to feel fulfilled in what you're doing because you know you're taking one step forward. But right now you're thinking, well, how do I set my roadmap? But remember, our career path isn't just about following a preset roadmap. It's about opportunities. It's about seeking guidance, um, finding that, that place for you right now. And then as you grow, you're going to see your roadmap planned out certain steps for yourself and how you have gotten there. But other ways you're going to think, well, I didn't really set out to do this, but here I am. It happened to me. I didn't expect to be a business owner whenever I first started or in education. I never thought I'd be that person. I was shy. I was not the person that would get up in front of people and talk. And here I am. So you don't know where you're going you're gonna to be. And sometimes those mistakes you call them or those regrets you think of are what got you to where you are and made you passionate about what you do. We're going to talk to Michael Sennett, the Unsuck Coach, and we're going to get tips from him and how he started in, in, in just the industry of job coaching and how he helps many industries with their career advancement and just thinking from, from the aspect of building that roadmap, being adaptable, being innovative, and really thinking about how you want to advance your career, where you want to be in the next five, 10 years, right? Today, I have a very special guest on the show, Michael Sinnott. He is the Unstuck Coach. You know, I recently myself have gone through somewhat of a, a kind of unique career shift within my own industry, moving from different roles that I have over the years. And then I was introduced to you through our wonderful friend, Ansel. And so it's, it's, it's been a great, a great introduction that I made to you through him. And I want to talk today about building relationships in our careers. And sometimes we ask that question, is it time for a career shift? So in this episode today, I wanted to talk about that question with you. Yeah, for sure. Um, we can do that. Absolutely. So before we get started, though, tell us a bit about yourself, how you got started as a, as a coach and what you do. Yeah, you bet. So how I got started as a coach, specifically in career coaching, uh, about two years ago, I have a good friend, a colleague of mine who was helping some people with resumes and career transitions. And he got stuck in some spaces on helping people identify their skills and get clarity and figure out what they wanted to do next, like goal setting and all that. He asked me if I could help because I'd been in uh, pastoral roles as a, as a lead pastor. And so I'd walk people through goal setting and how to get where they want to go. I was an educator. So I walked people through all that. And he's, he asked if I would help. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Send them to me. So I did it and it went really well. And next thing you know, I start having more people reach out to me about it. And so I start uh, engaging on LinkedIn about that and working primarily with people who are in education or who are in leadership and want to move into a different space, uh, take their skills to that different space. But something you said in the intro about building relationships, I think is is key because had I not had the relationship with the person, my colleague, my coworker, a good friend of mine, if I wouldn't have had that relationship, I never would have had this opportunity. And then I wouldn't have realized the skill set that I have that was able to help me move into a new career trajectory. It's been really exciting to think about. So it's a great question. Building those relationships takes time. And you may not know that a relationship you're building right now is going to lead you into something great. And that's what happened to me. You know, I, I met an individual 
years ago and we started working together on different projects and you know i i didn't realize that that relationship would lead me into other relationships and, and projects later on so i want to kind of talk about that why is it so important to start building relationships right now even if you don't know where they're going yeah great question especially with like social media when you're building connections or you're going into an event in your community and you're networking said so you never know where your next opportunity is going to come from you also never know who has already overcome the obstacle that you're about to face and when i am coming up on an obstacle one of the ways that i am most benefited is by those who have overcome that same obstacle they have tricks they have ideas they have encouragement they have inspiration and so what I've learned is by building relationships, I either have someone who is above me that I that will reach back for me and help pull me up, or I have someone who is with me and I can stand on their shoulders and reach that next spot or and then I can pull them up. But it's it's really all about that relationship piece. And we can't let hmm, we can't let what we don't see in the future keeping us from what we could have right now. And I think we often don't see the value in a person or in a relationship, in a friend, in a connection. We don't see the value in that. So we don't invest and then we don't get the value out of it. And it's like, oh, that was lost value. It was there. We just didn't make the investment. And so I think that's one of the reasons um, that probably keep us from it. But it's also why I think building relationships is so important. We are always going to accomplish more with other people. Absolutely. There's a lot of collaborations going on these days with, um, you know, different, you know, companies merging with others because for a mutual benefit. And I think about leadership, you know, a lot of leaders out there are true leaders and there is a difference between a manager and a leader. Sure. There is a difference between someone who as a job is just managing different projects and different people but a leader goes, I, I, you know, in my in my estimation, be above and beyond. And a true leader, you can tell they have that leadership skill because of how they approach people. Uh, when they talk to someone, they're really trying to get to know them because in order to help them, they have to get to know what their strengths and weaknesses are. They have to see, okay, what value can I give you? Can I bring to the table that you need right now? Yeah. And really just focusing on that. So when you talk to people about uh, about kind of transitioning maybe from the current role they have and then even into a leadership role, what are some of the things that you want to think about? Managers are are essentially about tasks. You're managing tasks, you're managing projects. And when we turn people into tasks, we don't get the results that we want. And so leaders take care of people, managers take care of tasks. And if a leader takes care of his or her people, they will accomplish the tasks. But it's like leaders prioritize people over everything else because they realize that people get the job done. That is, I think, a really important distinction to make when we're talking about leadership versus manager or management. I would encourage everyone to find, find, find where you are a leader. Like every, I think everyone in some capacity has leadership, uh, whether you, and you can start with leading yourself. Like, are you leading yourself well? Are you leading yourself to make the right choices? Are you leading yourself to get the best habits? Or are you procrastinating? Are you worrying? Are you negative all the time? Are you a toxic like behavior for yourself? And I think that's an important 
thing to identify when you want to go into leadership is look at where you're already doing it. Where can you already improve? Do you have one person who you mentor or who is kind of under your authority or your purview that you could lead and influence? And then there's a great book out there. I think it's Clay Scoggins. It's uh, Leading When You're Not in Charge. And then uh, that and there's another one, Leading from the Second Chair. Those are both really, really great ideas to figure out how can you lead up? And one of the ways to do that is valuing everyone's opinion, like provide space for everyone to have a voice. Uh, so listen to understand more than you listen to respond. And then when you do get a chance to respond, be ready to respond and have ideas that are not always good, but there are ideas. Don't be afraid to share them. So I think that's what I would, I would lean into. Okay. Where are you currently leading? Figure out how to do that more effectively. And then I would say, okay, what are the skills that you are missing and how can you get those skills? And I would have that conversation. Like, don't have that, don't, don't have that conversation just with yourself, Jennifer. Have that conversation with a supervisor. Have that conversation with a manager. Have that conversation with your leader. Like, hey, what could I do to be more in a leadership capacity in this company? Or how could I grow as a leader in this space? And then see what they say. Most of the time, people want that type of growth. Also, Jennifer, it's a good red flag if your leader doesn't want you to become a leader. Um, you, it's probably time to shift, you know, career uh, focus. It doesn't mean you got to move industries, but you probably need to find a different company to work for so that they value your career trajectory and your growth. But so anyway, to answer that question, it's fine where you are leading now. Find what opportunities you have to lead in the future and then figure out the path to get there. Exactly. And I think that's important thing to think about where you want to go, like draw it out, draw yourself a map, you know, kind of figure out where you, how far you've come. And that's what I did. You know, I had a plan in place and just because your plan doesn't match exact timelines doesn't mean that you're not on the right path. So yeah. like, I still have goals for myself. I've given myself a five-year goal of, of my, my next goal I want to reach. And even if I don't reach it by then, I'm still going to take steps to reach it even if it doesn't actually come true at that moment in time, I'm not going to forget about that goal I have. Mm -hmm. And so keep it always in front of you. Now I'm always big on networking, which is how I met you. It's how I met Ansel and, and, and the whole uh, bridge team. But I, I do feel that when we think about the connections we make, be, making them meaningful. Uh, mm -hmm. When we're on LinkedIn, I find, you know, I have people from different industries trying to connect with me and I don't feel they really understand the um you know the how to use linkedin sometimes and i'm okay with accepting a connection with another industry um if it's going to help me in my career um because that's what that's what linkedin's about it's about growth and opportunities so what are some of the things we can we can advise people out there when they're on linkedin what are some tips to help them grow their network in a meaningful way yeah okay great in a so in a meaningful way is the key um I do think there is some value in growing your network with any connection you can get when you're under 500 connections, because on LinkedIn, once you reach 500 connections, it'll just say 500 plus for the rest of forever. And that can help some people because if you're on LinkedIn and you've got 11 connections, you could feel a little bit weird about using LinkedIn for your job search or putting it on your resume because 
you don't want to seem like a person who doesn't have a network. But I think there is more significance in building a network of people who are not necessarily like you, but who are in the industry that you would like to be in. That's one place. They are connections that you know and you have something in common with. That's another. They're at a company that you would like to work with. That's another. Uh, or they are inspiring you. They are influential for you. They are impactful for you. They provide content that helps you grow. I think those are important people to build your network with. More than just random connections is have connections that are almost like, let's look at it like this. Let's say that your career is up here and this is your career path. This is where you want to go, right? You're five years from now where you want to be. Well, what are the stairs that get you there? And those stairs need to be aligned. And so maybe look at your connections, your network as one of those stairs, right? It needs to be aligned because if you have random stairs, you're not going and you're not going to get where you're trying to go. Like you, you can't take random steps and have, and hope to end up at a specific destination. That's not the path. And so with networking, be intentional, but don't be afraid of being inclusive. Like, my, so that's step one. Step two is also like, watch out for people who are just trying to sell you something. Like I am a career coach. I work primarily with educational leaders who are trying to transition out of education. I work with a lot of principals, assistant principals, testing coordinators, and teachers. And, but every time I reach out to a teacher, I'm not trying to make them a client. I'm trying to make them a connection because not everyone wants to be a client and that's okay. But I think one of the things we have to remember with networking, right? And it's on that line is there are people who can add value to you without buying something from you. So don't always go for the transaction. Start with the relationship, but don't reach out to people cold and be like, Hey, can you help me with my job search? Hey, I see that you're a project manager. Hey, I see that you're in healthcare sales. Hey, I see that you're a physician recruiter. Can you help me? Like, stop that. Start, find that person, right? Go to their content. If they post content, engage with their content, add some value to their content, ask a question, give some insight, whatever it is, do that. Get a conversation started in the comments. And then reach out and be like, hey, you're, that post you made was really insightful. Thanks so much for that. I'd love to add you to my network. And now what you did is you, you added value to that person. And when you add value to them, they are going to see you as a more valuable person and want to connect to you. It's like, look for that relationship more than that transaction. I love it. And, you know, I've worked with you and others on the, on the team and it's nice to see everyone's perspective because you don't really necessarily work in healthcare necessarily. So it's nice to have that fresh perspective in general, what people are looking at. And we've all had those inbox messages. I get them a lot more than I'd like where I'm, mm -hmm. I'm being just, I guess, oh, what, what did he say the other day? Pitch slapped. Uh, because it's like, you feel like you're getting pitch slapped all the time, right? I love it. Yeah. But no, it's, it's important to think about because you're trying to build a relationship and you're trying to make those connections and you don't need a sale from that person right now. You need to get to know them first to see if what you have is even valuable to them. Mm -hmm. How are you going to know if they're truly going to be able to help you 
in unless you get to know them and build that relationship. So for instance, you know, I have very clearly laid out on my website and you know, my, 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 I'm all over the place as people know, I'm very intentional and clear about what I do, but yet lo and behold, I get inbox messages from people all the time asking me to do things that is very clear. It's out of my wheelhouse. Like I have nothing to do with that. like, so why it's just like they're, they're cold calling inboxing. Mm-hmm. And they're just basically throwing everything out of the kitchen sink, throwing it at the wall to see if it sticks. Yeah. And it's just like, oh my goodness. It's it's fun. Um, this is sidebar, but it's fun. Yeah, sure. Jennifer, uh, sometimes, so as a coach, right? One of the things mm-hmm. that I do is I do build leads. I do build clients. I help others do that too. But <laughs> I only help others do that, that I've built a relationship with. And like my, the reason I post content so much is I want to build trust with people and I want to inspire and influence people. But when I have someone reach out to me, like just last week, I had another one. This was fun. It's rude too, but whatever. Um, Somebody wanted to write a resume for me because they thought I might be in the job search. And I said, Hey, yeah, thanks so much for reaching out. But have you looked over my profile to determine if I'm a quality candidate for a resume? And they're like, no, I haven't done that. And I was like, would you like me to teach you how to do that so that you could get targeted leads that might actually lead to sales? And I didn't hear back, but it's still like, yeah. I'm going to help. Like, I'm going to I'm going to pivot that away because I've got a partner. I've got a coach. I've got all these people that are investing in me and my growth. And so when a coach reach out or someone reaches out to me and says, hey, I can grow your followership. I can get you 10,000 something a month or whatever. And I'm like, what are you? Thank you. Um, I would ha- I'm happy to connect, but I don't need that. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not looking for a transaction right away. But if a person invests in me, and I've got some people who are like selling stuff that are in my network that I talk to, and I didn't buy from them, but we built a relationship with each other. And so now, whenever they're putting a new product out, they'll send it to me and be like, hey, what do you think about this product? I'd love to share this product with other people. Do you think that it's valuable? Do you think that it's helpful? And I'm like, they don't need my input, Jennifer. They have thousands and thousands of followers and clients. They're way more financially successful than I am in this business. But because I took time to invest and build a relationship with them, there's something there. And I think that's important. Yeah. Um, so thanks for asking that question. No, it's, it's an important question. I think we need to ask. And sometimes when we're trying to learn how to use LinkedIn, we're like, oh, we have first connections. We have second connections third and we're trying to figure this out. So the way I understand it, and if I'm wrong, is you've already connected to those people and they've said, yes, I will connect with you. So those are your first connections. But then you have these additional levels of people that aren't necessarily you're connected with, but it's kind of like they know someone who knows someone. And so yeah. you're, you're looking to see now I wouldn't necessarily, you know, just pick on pick, just click on everyone, but maybe that person has a connection that you maybe might find valuable, but again, do your research. So is it etiquette to reach out to them? Is it taking advantage of them? I don't think it is. I think it's just smart, but in a valuable way. What is your thoughts there? I think that reaching out to anyone and asking for something before you built a relationship with them or before you added value to them is not helpful. I would go with what the theory of reciprocity teaches us, that if I add value to someone, they will feel almost obligated internally to return that value. I do not think it's taking advantage of a first connection as long as you don't take advantage of your first connection. Um, So don't be like, 
hey, I'm First Connections with Jennifer and you're First Connections with Jennifer. So I thought we should connect because I want to know how you can help me get a job. Right. Like, like, don't do that. But then I would also say, like, if you notice that you have multiple connections with the second, like if you're second degree connection and it says you've got like 30 mutual connections, go for it. You probably have a lot of overlap. But I would also go with the if you have time and not everyone has time. Go to that person's page and if they make some if they post, if they're active, engage in one of their posts and then send a connection. I'm also OK with just sending connection requests but make the connection request meaningful. Like it doesn't need to be somebody who's completely disconnected from you. If you're not going to add a transition statement, like sometimes you got to put a, here's why I'm connecting with you. But I do that. Like I'll go in and if somebody's following me, a lot of times I'll go, Hey, thanks so much for following. I just really want to inform and inspire you and then know how your job search is going. If you're in the transition and just trying to have a conversation with somebody, I mean, over the last three weeks, I have been inundated with free 20 minute career chats. And I don't, again, they're free. I don't charge for those. And most of those people don't end up buying anything from me. And I'm not trying to sell them something. I'm trying to just help. Yep. And then if they come back later and be like, hey, I saw something, it's, it's not taking advantage of a connection. Um, I think I answered the question, I hope. You did. No, that's great. I think it's important to not be afraid to reach out to people. But again, the broken record thing here is make it meaningful. Yeah. Um, and all the coaches I've talked to, all the ones that I've met, it's it's really about um, being, you know, someone that they feel they can trust and building trust in whether it's in healthcare or whatever industry we're in, in education. You know, people are going to learn more about you. And so like for me, like when I was new in the industry, like people didn't know me from Adam, like they were like, who is this girl? But the more I put myself out there and let people know what I was really about, they started to see that I was a real person. I wasn't trying to take advantage of them. I was trying to sell something. I have a, I have a real service that is actually going to help you. But again, I really care about helping you. It's not just to make money. So I budget my time. I actually budget in my schedule time for lives like this times to have actual real conversations with people. And actually someone the other day, they asked me um, if they could connect with me um, on a phone call and just learn more about how I became a consultant and how you go about doing that. And even though, yeah, I had tasks in my day that I had to complete, I made sure to schedule that in my day. That person had really had a need for that um, so they can move forward with their career. And I, I applaud that. So if I have the time, I will say, yes, let's schedule time today. Let's discuss this together. I would yeah. love to help you. It doesn't cost me anything other than my time, but any time is valuable, right? But mm -hmm. it, it meant something to that person and that was truly valuable to me. And I felt like, yeah, maybe that person may or may not get something from that, but it's going to help them. And then maybe down the road, they're going to say, hey, they know what I do. This person may need something. They're like, hey, Jennifer's great. So even though I didn't go out to do it that way, I didn't intend to make a connection for profit. It could lead to that because mm -hmm. that's just the kind of person I am. I want to help yeah. people. Listen, when I say seek relationships, not transactions, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean transactions don't matter. Exactly. Um, they do. We need them to keep businesses going. But when you build relationships, transactions come. Mm -hmm. See, I've, I have clients that I've worked with people that I've worked with that keep, they send me people yeah, because it worked for them and they've seen the value in it. And then those people are sending me people mm -hmm. because 
I, I believe that I'm offering a valuable service, but even if I can't help you, I'm still going to be connected. I'm still going to support. I'm still going to reach out. I'm kind of like an annoying support mosquito. I just want to make sure that like, I'm, I'm just going to be around and hope you're doing well. Hope it's going okay. And, uh, that again, it's, it's the value of that relationship side. And now let's be fair. Some people don't want that. Some people are just looking for a resume. Mm -hmm. I just want you to write a resume and then never talk to me again. It's way harder for me to do that because I'm like, but did it work? I need to know if you got an interview. I need to know if you took the next step. You're, you're at that point, right? You, you made that decision. So what questions should you ask yourself and what is your next step? Once you've made the decision, yeah. I'm going to do this. What do you have to think about? So great. And it really depends on where you are in that decision process, but primarily you need to get real clear on a couple of things. One, get clear on what you are good at. What are your skills? Get clear on what you are passionate about. What do you enjoy? So what are you good at? What are you passionate about? And then find out who will pay you to do those things. <laughs> so if I can make a list of, let's say five or six skills that I have, and then I'm going to make a list of five or six accomplishments that show those skills. Then I'm going to pick out which of those accomplishments was the most satisfying, which was the most fulfilling, which would I like to keep doing? And I'm going to break that down into key skills, uh, key outcomes, and I'm going to research what industries want that. And, and once I get that, that's my career sweet spot. I know where my skills, my passions and my accomplishments, where they meet. I have so much leverage now because I can prove that I'm good at something. I'm going to be fulfilled in doing it and I have outcomes. So when I build my resume, it's going to show all of that. When I build my LinkedIn presence, it's going to show all of that. When I make it to the interview, it's going to be easy for me to talk about those things because it's what I enjoy. And so those are the things I think that matter most is get real clear on you, get clear on you first. What's your why? What's the reason you do this? We know what you do, but how do you do it? Why do you do it? What are the skills you have? What do you enjoy? And then who will pay for that? And so whenever we figure that out, then we're ready to start rolling in the process of doing some research, figuring out what is the right industry. Is it for a lot of people, like project management is kind of booming right now. Everybody wants to be a project manager or everybody wants to be in training or recruiting or some type of like, well, everybody wants to grow and everybody wants to be remote, but it's like, not all jobs are that. What I have to do is if you want to go into project management, you've never been called a project manager, then I have to help you break down. Well, what projects have you been a part of? What projects have you led? Where have you planned a project? Where have you failed in a project and then found a solution to that project? What timelines, budgets, teams did you work with? Uh, what were your deliverables? What, were the, what was the criteria for success? All those things, right? We got to work through that, which means there are a lot of people that have project management experience, but they've never had the title. There are a lot of people who have trained other people how to do things in their previous jobs, but they weren't called trainers. But that's okay because the most important thing about transitioning careers, Jennifer, the skills that made you successful in one career, you're going to take with you. So whatever made me a really, really good teacher, it's not because I was a good teacher. It's because I had a set of skills. Those skills are going to go with me. 
I've got to drop the whole, I did that in the classroom mentality. And then the things that made me an effective nonprofit director. Well, those skills are going to go with me. The things that make me an effective academic coach, those are going to go with me. I, once, so once I get real clear on my skills, they go with me. And I think that's where like we can get some confidence and we can get some clarity and really start to make some traction in the career shift. Hands down, what I hear the most is I don't know how my skills transfer. And the next thing is, I don't even know what my skills are. Yeah, and it's true. Yeah, well, you'll never get traction if you don't know what your skills are, because um, let's be honest, in the job search, who's looking for an unskilled person? It's true. Yeah. Well, no. And part of LinkedIn too, is they ask you to put your skills down. So, I mean, you may not like even realize it now, but I, I sometimes would even just get out there and look to see what other people, what skills they had. And then I'm like, Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah. I have that skill too. I'm going to put that down as one of my skills. And so you may not realize it today, but just start doing some research, get, get to know yourself, get to know, walk yourself back. Like what did I do every day in my previous job? And start making a list and then comparing that with what other people are doing and like oh that's a skill that i have mark it on your on your list on linkedin and you know think about how that can impact you but yeah. again for you me know. personally i had a lot of skills i didn't realize were transferable and that i had learned over the years and so i, I did that i made a list of the skills i have because i had to update my resume and I had to think, oh yeah, I do this now and I've done this. And and you it's not lying when you're saying oh. that you, you've done this because you have. You may not have the title. Um, yeah. I tell you, I, I explain it all the time. People are so nervous about about in our world and the coding and billing world about that they are a coder. But I asked them, I was like, have you ever done this? Have you ever done this? I was like, you're a coder. <laughs> yeah. I did this uh, last week. I was meeting with a gentleman. And we were talking about different roles and different things. And we talked about his experience negotiating contracts and doing all these other things. And he's like, I didn't even think to put that down. Yeah. I'm like, that's one of the biggest parts of the job. And so it's like, you know, you've, you've just got to sometimes, you need somebody sometimes to just pull those things out and ask you questions so that you think about them. But with your uh, mention about the skills on LinkedIn, yeah, get all 50 and then organize <laughs> them so that the top two, because now it only shows two most of the time, they're the ones that are most relevant to the role that you're looking to transition into. Yep. And then get people to endorse you. Yes. Endorsements Ask are great. Endorsements. It's not a bad thing. Ask people. Yes. And then in your headline, throw a couple of skills up too, because if you're trying to transition and you're wanting to use LinkedIn, which I think you should, uh, your headline is a great way for recruiters to find you when they type in a word, it pulls up headlines. So if they type in, you know, healthcare, health tech, health sales, are they going to find you? Well, if you're trying to get a job in that space, then you need to include that. It needs to be in your about section. It needs to be in your skills section, like, because that's how that's going to come up. So yeah, leverage LinkedIn, optimize oh, yeah. that dude. By the way, if anybody needs it, I have a free five day course for optimizing your LinkedIn. It's, yes. Yes. Yeah. Just, I'll give you the link and you can post it somewhere. It'll be great. Yeah, um, we'll put in our show notes. We'll put in our show notes for sure. That's exciting. Yeah, it, it'll come to you in five emails. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Michael. Um, Michael is the unstuck coach. As you can tell, he has so much to offer all of you out there and wants to. 
he has a desire, just like so many of us that really care about making human connections and helping you find where you, you are supposed to be. And so I thank you, Michael, for coming on the show today. And I thank all of our listeners and and those watching live. And we're going to keep having conversations with you, Michael, over the next, you know, you know, few weeks and years, and we're going to keep, keep connected to you. And um, I, I really appreciate it. So where can people find you if they want more information from you and want to work with you? Yeah, two places. Uh, one, you can go to www.flight40, that's F-O-R-T-Y, flight40.com. Or you can find me on LinkedIn. And uh, that's pretty much it. I haven't gotten in other spaces yet. Okay. Um, well, I guess I am on Twitter. Hmm. Cool. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'd love to connect with anyone out there. And if you're kind of stuck in the career transition, I'd love to talk about what I might be able to do. But if I can't help you, I bet I know someone who can Exactly. Well, well, thank you everyone for listening. We'll catch you next time on the live healthcare inspired podcast. Have a great week, everyone. Yeah. Bye.